great itchy and scratchy cartoon kids? Well, we've got another one coming right up. But first, I got a hankering for some pork product. Mmm, look. Plump, succulent sausage, honey smoked bacon, and glistening, sizzling. I guess that's how we're starting. <laughs> so we are up to episode 12 of 13 of season one of The Simpsons, which brings us to the episode Krusty Gets Busted. This originally aired on April 29th, 1990, according to the book. And it is written by Jake Hogan and Wally Walidarski, two guys that will be instrumental in the tone and the jokes that The Simpsons will tell and, and the screen writing that the simpsons will will start with they would even say of course as we always say that the writer's room writes the episode but the script guys you know they come up with the first thing it is directed by brad bird and i don't recall if we've talked about brad bird previously so to give you a little bit of information about brad bird because he is really a factor in the look of the simpsons and the animation of the simpsons Mm -hmm. up there with david silverman who directed all of these Simpsons episodes. Brad Bird, you may know as the director of The Iron Giant, The Incredibles, The Incredibles 2, Ratatouille, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Tomorrowland. He's helped develop a lot of stuff for Pixar. Basically a wunderkind, or was a wunderkind at this time. So he was born in Montana. His grandfather owned an oil company in Montana. And he was always into animation. And he got to tour Disneyland or Mm -hmm. Disney Studios when he was a kid and kind of met one of met one of like these old Disney guys named Milt Call, who's just one of these old uh, people responsible for like Disney's birth. Basically, like Snow White and Seven Dwarfs and all of like these animation styles. But okay. he, he basically became like this apprentice to Disney. Like the people at Disney thought that he was going to be like their ticket to the future. He was the future of animation. Interesting. There yeah. you go. He uh, went to California Institute of Arts when he went to college. He got a schol- He was awarded a scholarship by Disney to go there. Jeez. He met John Lasseter there. John Lasseter, we'll talk about him and and his problematic ways and also all the the, the stuff that he made when we get to some of the Pixar stuff because he co-founded it and he also met Tim Burton there so Brad Bird knew some people right and he worked on a lot of things for Disney in the 80s but he ended up kind of moving on to do some other stuff he worked on a worked on a show called Family Dog I have no idea what this is. Family Dog. It sounds like something that would be a spin-off of Family Guy, like Brian's spin-off is going to be called Family Dog, but yeah, right. Apparently it's a thing. All right. But he joined Klasky Chupo, who is the who was doing the animation for the Simpsons in their first few seasons, and he helped develop the shorts. He was considered a consultant. So, he's this wonder of animation that was consulting on how to do animation for The Simpsons. And then, of course, he would do some things for The Critic and King of the Hill and Rugrats, and and it all led to him doing The Iron Giant, which we'll add to the list and do one day, of course. But he directed this episode, Krusty Gets Busted. This episode also the first speaking role for Sideshow Bob, who is voiced by Kelsey Grammer. Frasier Crane is obviously the role that he's done. I wonder if he's done Sideshow Bob now longer than he did Frasier Crane. Because he did Frasier oh, Crane on Cheers and Frasier for like 20 years. But like, hmm. Sideshow Bob has been here since season one. So that, yep. he's probably done that longer. Probably, but it probably doesn't have as quite as many episodes, maybe. <laughs> oh, I would, yes. That is, that is definitely true. That would have to be impossible. <laughs> because, I mean, he, he shows up once a season, maybe, for the first eight seasons or so. Yeah, kind then, of. I mean, he had 20 years of playing Frasier Crane. It, yeah, exactly. So, this episode, uh, Lisa, I almost called you Lisa. Rachel, Lisa what, is, Little what Lisa. is the, what is the summary of Krusty Gets Busted? <laughs> 
Krusty the Clown gets convicted of armed he robbery. Yes, yeah. yeah, he, he is a robber. What? He is an armed robber and a clown. <laughs> yes, Krusty the Clown oh, is a sure. armed robbery. Or, or arm, Oh my god, I can't talk today. Krusty the Clown is a clown and a robber, and he gets uh, busted at the Quickie Mart and is sentenced to jail. And Bart and Lisa, they investigate this crime, and they don't believe that he did it, or, you know, that there's something fishy about the whole thing, and we kind of get to see all the antics along the way. It's our first episode where we get to see Bart and Lisa solving a problem. Yes. Which they, they go back to, they go down that road a few times. Mm-hmm. And it's the first quote-unquote mystery of The Simpsons. It which is. is usually how they, they would do that with Sideshow Bob a few times, or, or at least try to like make it like, how, how is Sideshow how is Bob getting away with this, or stuff yeah. like that. So the gags to start the episode, the chalk gag is, they are laughing at me, not with me. Uh, which is always true in my case. <laughs> and the couch gag is, this is the one where they squeeze and uh, Maggie gets popped up in the air and Marge catches her. Yep. More popping and squeezing. Popping and squeezing. Popping. Kissing and hugging. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, well now, now we have to cut that out. Cause we, Shit. We sung too many lines. DMCA. That, maybe that's in the public Beep. debate. I don't know. <laughs> So, so in the commentary, Bradward, Bradbird was quick to point out that each act in this starts with one of the fate starts with a face. It's a close up of a face. So that first, the first act starts with Krusty's face. The second act starts with Krusty's face behind bars, and the third act starts with Sideshow Bob's face. So the the episode starts with Krusty's face, and it's more or less the That's introduction of how the Krusty show works. Mm -hmm. And in these early years, the Krusty show works like a clown's show for kids. It would be anything and everything as the, as the show goes on, but it starts as a clown show. Krusty the Clown, also referenced in the commentary, is based on a clown that Matt Groening grew up watching. Like, it would be like, a, different cities have local Bozo clowns. Bozo the Clown. Bozo the Clown, the most famous, obviously. <laughs> What do you mean you don't know Bozo the Clown? Kind of a name is Eric for a clown. <laughs> but, but in in Portland, Oregon, it was Rusty Nails. So Rusty Nails was the clown. So Krusty, I guess, that is sounds based creepy. Off of Rusty Nails. Rusty That's Nails sounds name. like a creepy clown. Well, like in some horror movie. Well, and apparently he was like a Christian clown. Like he would talk Bible stuff. Interesting. I don't know. Okay. But Brad Bird also knew this clown growing up in Montana because, you know, these clowns are regional. Or they can be. So Rusty Nails. There you go. It starts with Krusty giving them his trademark, Who do you love? Krusty! How much do you love me? With all our it. hearts! And what do you do if I went off the air? We'd kill ourselves! <laughs> 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 and then... That oh, it's is, so awful. Uh, it's so awful. But it's so funny that, like, <sighs> and obviously another, like, how, like, he's programmed these kids to say this, you know, so that he has this security. So, uh, you know, folks at home, same thing. If Shelf Life ever leaves... No, no, no. no. Uh, but... <laughs> Who do you love? Shelf Life! <laughs> how much do you love us? <laughs> so, Bart and Lisa and Maggie are watching Krusty, and we get a couple of different Krusty the Clown segments. One of which is it's uh, somebody's birthday, and she gets to decide between getting a special birthday song from Krusty or seeing Sideshow Bob get shot out of a cannon. <laughs> and uh, it becomes clear that Sideshow Bob is not allowed to talk, he has to talk with his slide whistle. Right. And Ooh, the kids, of I wish course, I had one, I would do it right now. <laughs> And the kids, of course, always pick shooting Sideshow Bob out of a cannon. Because why wouldn't you? I mean, that is more exciting than Krusty but... singing with his lovely voice. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> oh, that was good. That uh, was very Krusty good. Krusty does have the uh, hilarious... <laughs> like, that's... You're doing a good that's, job. That's perfect. That's my favorite, like, Krustyism is when he just kind of groans. Yes. <laughs> Played by Dan Castellaneta is Krusty the Clown. So this, the voice of Homer is the voice of Krusty. So they, he goes to shoot Bob out of the cannon. 
Bob, of course, doesn't really get shot out of the cannon as much as the cannon just kind of explodes. (laughs) And then he just kind of falls falls out. Yeah. So this is probably happening to him every single day. Oh, I would imagine. Uh, Absolutely. They're going to want a kid's birthday every time. And uh, we also get the introduction of Itchy and Scratchy to the show. Um, It was on the shorts, but the introduction to Itchy and Scratchy. Their theme song, written by Sam Simon, is as follows. They fight, they bite, they bite and fight and bite. Bite, bite, bite. Fight, fight, fight. fight. The The Itchy itchy and Scratchy scratchy show. Show. (laughs) I would. Because it's a song. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I said it like a poem. I know. I remember when we were doing that with, like, all of the kids' stuff. Like, um, roly-poly-oly. He's he's small and short and round. Yeah, but when you when you say it out loud, it sounds like you're rapping. He's really poly oly. He's small and short and round. Exactly. When, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's great. That one's my favorite to say that really, one out loud because it just really sounds poly-oly. like yeah, because it sounds like a rap. It makes it really cool. I kind of want somebody to take it and turn it into a rap. Take the Rolly Polly theme and wrap it. Yes. There you go. There you go, kids. There's your <laughs> challenge. As laid out on Shelf Life. Turn Rolly Polly theme song into a rap. In this episode of Itchy and Scratchy, Itchy lights Scratchy on fire. That's all I kind of got out of it. I, it was a pretty simplistic episode of Itchy and Scratchy. It, it was, was the first yeah. one. Marge walks in and, and is kind of upset that they're watching such bad cartoons. And we get a meta moment because Lisa says if cartoons were meant for adults, they'd be on in prime time, which, of course, is The Simpsons. Yeah. In prime time. Exactly. So they continue to watch the show. Marge goes and calls Homer uh, at work to tell him to stop at the Quickie Mart. Bring home some ice cream because Patty and Selma are coming over. I wrote down, it's funny to be the old style. What the fuck did I mean by that? <laughs> I have no idea. What does it's that mean? It's funny to be the old style. The old, oh, because maybe oh. the old style of uh, uh, Selma and Selma, Sam. The old style, like the cartoon, the look of it? No, I think I know what I'm getting at. <clears throat> anyway... We get Patty and Selma coming over, and they bring over this old projector. And that, I think, is what I meant by this old style. Um, <laughs> it's like a projector like with like a click button. Oh my god, yeah. Literally, you would click it to... Go to the next slide. Yeah, go to the go next to the next slide. picture. It's a literal, a literal slideshow. Mm-hmm. So they came over to show them slideshows from their trip to Mexico. So that's established there. In the meantime... Homer is going to the Quickie Mart, and he is looking for some chocolate. So he finds chocolate, double chocolate, (laughs) triple chocolate. And even in the commentary, Macarini says, like, the triple chocolate was supposed to be a joke, but, like, triple chocolate's a thing now. And it's delicious. Yeah. But it just goes to show, like, how ridiculous we get. That's a joke in the Simpsons world. Mm -hmm. Stupid, like, triple chocolate. Like, what's the difference? But, like, now it's like, yeah, triple chocolate's a thing. Oh, it's like, like yeah, the best I... though too, because it's like you put three different types of chocolate into a thing. Is that what it means? Typically. Hmm. I thought so they like, just tripled. So the like chocolate. the ice cream's chocolate, then there's like chocolate chunks in there, and then it's got like like the chocolate pieces and so triple chocolate. What's the difference between a chocolate chunk and a chocolate piece? I would imagine that it's like a different well, I okay. <laughs> so we get the moose tracks and the moose tracks has mm. the like the chocolate buttercups, right? But we get the chocolate moose mm. tracks, so the ice cream is also chocolate, but then there's also chocolate thick pieces of chocolate in it. It's not just like mixed in all the way. So you get like nice chunks of chocolate, and then you get the chocolate peanut butter cup, and then you get the chocolate ice cream. Triple chocolate. It's a chocolate ice cream. <laughs> chocolatas it's chocolatastic is what it is. It's one of the main food groups. Chocolatastic. From the episode where Homer gets really fat. Oh, jeez. Which will be a main event. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is that the Moo one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to look like a weirdo. Give me the Moo Moo. (laughs) I do appreciate you breaking down the chocolate, though. That was a central for me. (laughs) Because... I really didn't know. Anything. At least that's how I, I see it. Hey, it may, I, I might be wrong, but that's that's how I always see triple chocolate. It usually means that 
There's a lot of chocolate in it, yes, but usually it's kind of like pieces of chocolate as well. It's just wonderful. So Homer takes the <laughs> ship triple chocolate. Not even a so anyway on that one. So Homer takes the triple <laughs> chocolate to the counter, and Apu tells him that he looks more looks more uh, downtrodden than usual, mm-hmm. and that's because. Uh, and Homer tells him, "Well, that's because my sisters in law are coming over, or as he calls them, the gruesome twosome." In the meantime, <laughs> while he's doing this, you see Krusty is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's got a he's got a bandit mask on. Yes, it's a blatant bandit mask. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be the Lone Ranger, the Winter Soldier. I suppose. That, yes, it's very Winter Soldier. You're right. Yes, Krusty the Clown as the Winter Soldier. Yeah, there you go. He doesn't really. I was gonna work. do a line, a Winter Soldier line. With, he doesn't really talk with much. the Krusty voice, but he doesn't have a lot of lines. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Hey, hey, Don't I'm do anything words. stupid while I'm gone. <laughs> hey, hey! You're taking all the stupid with you. Yeah, but he's heating up a burrito in the uh, using the Quickie Mart microwave, and then he's reading a magazine while you're seeing this. But then, right. as Homer and Apu are talking, Homer turns around and steps on Krusty's foot. And right. like the edge of Krusty's foot. Like right, the, like the, like the, the clown tip. shoes, because you got to remember he's wearing clown shoes that are long. Yeah, he's, he's dressed up as his clown persona, because as we will find out in future episodes, Krusty never takes the clown outfit off. Ever. I think he does that because he likes getting recognized. Absolutely. He likes to get like free stuff. Oh, yeah. For being Krusty the Clown. Without a doubt. But he steps in and Krusty says, Ow, he says... And I don't think I have it written down, but I, I will paraphrase it. He says, ow, you lousy, stupid, clumsy. And then Homer says, like, oh, sorry there, pal, but realizes that Krusty also has a gun. Yep. With him. And Homer, and you probably have to look this up online because it is a great piece of animation. There's a few of those in this episode where he d- dives into a display of potato chips <laughs> to hide because cause Homer is a coward. In Homer's defense, I'd do the exact same thing. If I could yeah. dive into potato chips. It's the fight or flight syndrome. Or as I call them, the gruesome twosome. <laughs> Ow, my foot, you lousy, stupid Sorry, pal. Hand <gasps> over all your money in a paper bag. Yes, yes, I know the procedure for armed robbery. I do work in a convenience store, you know. can emerge now from my chips. The opportunity to prove yourself a hero is long gone. So as Krusty takes the money and flees, Apu then says to Homer, you can emerge now from my chips. The opportunity to prove yourself a hero is long gone. So just a a great little sequence there. But we get the start of like Krusty robbed the Quickie Mart. It seems like such an odd act. That he would rob the Quickie Mart. So then what happens? Homer is basically getting interviewed by the police from mm-hmm. the Quickie Mart because he's asking to make a sketch because he, he saw he saw him. Right. And so he tells the sketch artist everything. And he, he says, like, wait a minute. I know that guy. He's from TV. He's my kid's hero. It's Krusty uh, uh, the Clown. And he names Krusty. Right. So Homer fingers Krusty. They decide that they have to go arrest Krusty. So we get a little bit of Krusty at home. He's making himself a drink. He sprays the little seltzer bottle. Yeah, like the, like the clown seltzer bottle. Yeah, which is obviously supposed to be a joke. Because he's just always a clown. Right. And then the door is knocked down by the police and they arrest him. They, like, step on his face and Oh, yeah. Which, as we know now, is standard police procedure, of course. I might have to take but... that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it satirically, but yes, I know. you can take that one out. They basically tell him that he's been arrested. So now we get this criminal crusty, which he is then put into a lineup, and they ask Homer to point him out of a lineup. A lineup of clowns, mind <laughs> you. Yes. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, this part's great, because Homer is looking at the clowns, and he can't stop laughing. <laughs> and, he, and, and he says, well, if, if the crime is making me laugh... They're all they're guilty. <laughs> and they're all just standing there and they look so like, they're all sad clowns because they're in this lineup. Right. Um, and Chief Wiggum is there and he isn't quite stupid yet. Like he's still just a functioning cop. So he yells at Homer for not 
doing what he's supposed to do because he just keeps chuckling to himself. <laughs> but then he, he does point out and he does finger uh, Krusty in the lineup. And he fingers right. him later, too. Not literally. Well, oh, not, well God, literally, Kevin! Not literally. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> well, I kept saying it. I had to make that reference. Which is like, but did you, though? You did didn't. Did you really you didn't. need to make that reference? <laughs> Meanwhile, we get the family going through the slideshow. And it's like, supposedly, this boring slideshow where my favorite being, this is a Mexican delicacy known as a taco platter. <laughs> and so they're boring the family. Oh, absolutely. They have pictures of them. with. They have a picture of their mailbox when they oh, get yeah. back of all the mail stuff. And they have a picture <laughs> of them dropping off the film to be developed. And it's hilarious. How do you have reminded... that? How do they have a picture of them dropping the film off that's in the camera that well another so they must have taken a picture with another roll oh no i assume i'm just joking i don't know why they added that to the very meta the the strip show but yeah the strip show Uh, what is what's it called slideshow (laughs) slideshow whatever i hope patty and selma aren't doing a strip show all right, but I could see that being a joke, too, because they always <laughs> have the hairy legs. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You know what it reminded me of? Is, and this is like an anecdotal thing of our past. Of, we still make fun of, of our dad to this day. Oh, to this he day. he would take, back in the day, because he, he had his camcorder. <laughs> he would get up early in the morning, like while we were on like family vacations and he would just walk around the area that we were like, like either on a the hotel for. or yeah yeah and like but, uh, or like a cruise ship or mm-hmm. like whatever and he wouldn't say anything he was so taking b-roll just, at this point i mean he would say nothing it would just be like 10 minutes of him walking around the area and and it was all in a bid to like one our grandparents would come over to show them this and he would just like narrate it to the like <laughs> I we were the Patty like because of Dad we were the Patty and Selma oh it's true because it was just a film reel of just nothing because <laughs> there because he wouldn't say anything he had no commentary oh it was great. And now um, I take a thousand pictures anywhere I go, so... Yeah, you basically are Patty and Selma now. Shut up. I don't make you look <laughs> at all of them. Wherever you... Whenever whenever the pandemic ends and you go on vacation... Oh, if I you can't can wait. take a picture of a taco platter so that we can yes, do sir, that. Yes, sir. I so will. you can say, like, and this is a Mexican delicacy. I will put this on our, our Shelf Life Instagram and Twitter. Hashtag when, Shelf Life. Whenever we get that, Yeah. <laughs> Homer gets home, and Homer gets home after the slideshow has finished. And, and I do love where like, he, they're like, you missed the whole slideshow, Homer. And he goes, oh, fantastic. And right. just, like, keeps talking. Like, <laughs> that's good. But, yeah, that's it's such, like, a nice... Uh, yeah, of course Homer is glad that he missed that slideshow. He tells the family that he witnessed the robbery. And Homer... Well, but, yeah, before tell Homer the... tells, like, his side of the story, the TV is on right or does he turn yeah, the tv yes. on no i think it cuts in i think it cuts in or he turns the tv on and it cuts in and kent brockman uh, uh well it's kent brockman standing scott christensen scott <laughs> christian because this is when they were doing one of their lame jokes of it's kent brockman but he was never there which like he's late he's like, there later in the episode so they abandoned it pretty quickly but scott christian he looks like ted koppel he has that news hair. Yeah, he does have you know, newsy hair. News hair. Mm-hmm. The news is basically breaking the story about the robbery, and Homer realizes split second here. He kind of is like, "Wait a minute, Bart, who is your hero, Krusty the Clown?" And Bart says, "Like, oh yeah, I, I base my whole life on Krusty's teachings," which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like, it also Homer... makes sense, though. Yeah. Homer does realize, because he kind of says, like, well, maybe you should go to your room. Or, yeah, like, like, he, like he, walk out of the room for a second here. He knows this is going to hurt Bart. Right, so he like, wants he, to protect him. Yeah, and, and that was nice. Like, the very, you know, you get these little moments of Homer being a real father right. <laughs> compared to his usual cartoonish self. They show the footage, and this footage is impossible 1990 surveillance footage. It has audio on it. Oh, it looks great. It picks up. 
Homer saying that he he calls Patty and Selma the gruesome twosome. Right. And Patty's are like, oh, so the truth comes out. Like, they're now they have carte blanche to be even ruder to Homer than they usually are. Sure. But, I mean, like, this camera looks beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like it would have been... It, it still would look like crap if it was from a real convenience store. <laughs> right. It would be still frame every few seconds. Yep. And it would be blurry as hell. Oh, yeah. And it would... And all that they'd be able to tell is that someone was there. Yep. <laughs> like, it would be very difficult to actually be able to, like, use as evidence. Absolutely. But they use the security footage and they show that Krusty did this and Bart is devastated because this is his hero. So Marge Marge is trying to co- console him because this is his, his hero and he can't believe that he would do something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's it's, it's um, the old saying, you should never meet your heroes. That's right. We here at Shelf Life believe that there are no such thing as heroes. As Dumbledore puts bl- bluntly in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire... I've never had much time for heroes. <laughs> I believe it's personally I've never had much time for heroes. I think it is, yeah. Oh my um, god. A lesson for us all. No sacred cows, as the Laps fan would say. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, never meet your heroes. And Marge tries to console Bart because, I mean, he's a 10-year-old boy. He's upset. Sure. And she tells him, like, well, maybe this, maybe it'll turn out he didn't really do it maybe it'll turn out he's innocent mm-hmm. and homer's like marge i was there it was, it was crusty, crusty. The clown yeah and so uh again homer unwittingly might be steering them wrong by doing what he thinks is right exactly and, and, and we get that a little bit later too we uh start the second act here oh well i i, I should mention bart decides to go to bed and it there's this nice like blue light like it's this like it's all in blue and Bart is just sad and he's just pulling the crusty bell pull strings and it just keeps saying you're my oh, best yeah. friend yeah that's really yes, sad because he's he feels like he's lost his hero and right. I feel like I feel like this is pretty relatable I feel like at some point whether you want to look up to someone or not whether you're as jaded as I can be and be like, don't look up to anyone or you, everyone does. Everyone looks up to someone or another. And at some point, someone disappoints you, whether that be a football player or an actor or a politician or whatever. Family member. Family member, whoever. And at some point they <laughs> disappoint. And, and it is a very relatable thing to realize someone isn't as... They're high human. on the pedestal. Yeah. They're yeah. they're just a human. And humans are horrible. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point to quote us on we'll that one. At, well, at some point we'll get to the episode of Community where they debate the nature of man, which is a great episode. Yeah. Man is good or is man evil. So the the next act starts and it is a picture of Krusty behind bars. And we get uh, some background on Krusty. They basically do like this thing where they go through the history of Krusty the Clown to like set up the trial. Mm-hmm. So we get a little of like all this background on Krusty. He was uh, an advocate for child literacy. He would always have like a book of the month thing for like kids to read. He sold pork products, which we don't find out now that he was Jewish, but like in the future, that's a good joke looking back at the past because. He's Jewish and he's selling all these pork products. Right, yes. And we get one of my favorite moments from The Simpsons ever, which is this crusty heart attack. Oh my god. That face. <laughs> um, it, you might be... You have to look this up. Oh yeah. yeah. If you don't, if you haven't been watching along with us... Do watch along with us, but you have to look this up. The faces that he makes in this heart attack, which were animated by Brad Bird. He even mentions it like he wanted to do this piece of animation are so great. God. Yeah. Just look up Krusty the Crown Clown heart attack and then somebody actually has it like frame by frame. (laughs) Each face that he makes. It's ridiculous. So it turns out that he got a triple bypass and a pacemaker because of this heart attack that he had on air. And then... It shows another clip of him working with Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob very slowly and deliberately stiff stuffing a pie into Krusty's face. <laughs> right. But then Krusty just punches him, just knocks him out. Oh, yeah. Just like... In retaliation. Mm-hmm. Which he does because clearly he can't take it. He can dish out the punishment, but he can't take the punishment. Yeah. 
was my thought on that. I think that is what, exactly what it is. And then we get this out-of-character Reverend Lovejoy. And it's a little ridiculous. It's so over the top. Because he's basically doing like this southern preacher. Yes. It's, 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 it's an example of what the kids call cancel culture. Because they're canceling Krusty. Ah, uh, yes. Absolutely. And what Lovejoy is calling for all of, you know, if you have items of Krusty the Clown, join me in a public burning! Yeah, it's very over the top. It's so not that character. No. It's so weird. It's clearly like this, like, supposed to be this, like, southern preacher kind of talk. It's not really what Reverend Lovejoy is. He's more of like that very, like almost laid back preacher. Oh, very laid back. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, maybe he, maybe he's, he's just overly excited about this. Maybe he's like, "Oh my god, I actually get to do something with the town." And he get, he just gets very excited and comes out the the old uh southern preacher in him. Yeah. So every once in a while this kind of like burning stuff happens. I guess this was based off of the Beatles, and and it would make sense that the writers would remember from their childhood, the cancel culture from their childhood was preachers saying that the Beatles were evil. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. I don't know what to answer that. Well, there was a point in time when they said that they were bigger than Jesus. I don't know the context around that, so it might have been very banal, but... At some point that got said, so then of course it was, well, you have to burn everything because they said they were bigger than Jesus. I remember as a kid when the Iraq war started, the Dixie Chicks said that they were kind of ashamed of George Bush or of Texas or something like that. So then of course it was, well, we're going to burn all the Dixie Chicks stuff. I think I remember that one. That I I, I remember that one happening mm-hmm. as a kid. It it happens nowadays even easier because now you don't have to just burn something. Now you can just you just put it up online. Get rid of get rid of it on the streaming service. It's been with us forever. I kind of wonder what got canceled in like the eighteen hundreds. Like what did you what would what would you have had to have done? I, I guess it would have had to have been against religion. Like it would have been well, like the absolutely side of things canceling you. I don't know. So anyway, part of... Like the second you said, I'm not going to church Sunday, they're probably like, oh, burn them at the stake. <laughs> well, yeah. And yeah, you just burn yeah. the person and not their, anything that they've had, you know. Right. Well, or they drown <laughs> That's a witch you, thing. To see if you float. No, no, no. Well, that, I... that, that's to find a witch. <laughs> it's the same thing. No, it's not. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> If you float, you're a witch. Then I could, I could you, yeah. No. Yes. Is it if you float, you're a witch? If you float, you're a witch. If you say because you they 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 tether you with something very heavy, so you'll sink to the bottom. But if you float, oh, you're a witch. Right. Okay. And if <laughs> if anybody's watched, I think it's Monty Python, right? And they do the, well, ducks float. It's a witch. <laughs> it's a yeah, whole thing. Uh, that one. It's great. But. People are fucking stupid. <laughs> There's a lot of different things they would try to find witches at, but um, I guess you'd cancel a witch. I guess that's part of it as well. Yeah. For all of our Wiccan friends out there, you're welcome to be. Oh, absolutely. Witch. All of our Wiccan friends, all of our religious friends, everyone oh, yeah. has a place at the table. You're going to love this stuff. Everybody um, gets to eat together. It's a, a witch and a yeah, rabbi, we'll, I guess, we'll have, is, yeah. is eating at the exactly. table. It's, a, it's some so joke a ready to happen. rabbi listening to a podcast. <laughs> A witch and a rabbi are listening to a podcast. Uh, it's the start of a joke. We'll never it. We'll never finish we'll it. We'll finish it. Yeah. We'll, it's it's a Tyrion. We'll, it's a Tyrion. No, we'll, we'll finish that on episode. Oh yeah, that'll be our running gag. A witch and a rabbi. Episodes. A witch and a rabbi are listening to a podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we even fucking got there. So anyway. <laughs> Krusty is then, so it, this all peels out because the part of the gag here is that we'll find out tomorrow when his trial begins. So, like, he got arrested immediately and now he's, like, up for trial. And not only is it trial, but it's like, you robbed the Quickie Mart. Like, it's such, like, a, it would be, like, a small potatoes trial. But it's, like, a big thing because he's a celebrity. Right. You know what this, you know what else this reminded me of? Which is totally out of context because it happens way after this. Okay. And we're very, very separated from it happening. In the 2000s. Winona Ryder was arrested for shoplifting. Oh, I know this one. (laughs) 
Do you? Yeah. Yeah. This is clearly not a reference to that because it happened 15 years after this episode aired. Right. It was like a big deal. And she oh, yeah, like, they made it like a whole to-do. She said she was a kleptomaniac, and it was like a joke, Winona Ryder shoplifts. Now she's just the mom from Stranger Things. <laughs> but like at the time, it was this big joke. Yes. I guess it, it goes to show the Simpsons being ahead of the culture again. In the future, a celebrity shoplift, robbed, stole something, and it became this big deal. I don't think that Robert No, she Downey didn't do it Jr. at his gunpoint, but you know. She didn't do it at gunpoint. That's what I'm like. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was like a was so druggy, but I don't think he ever did anything I don't at gunpoint. Probably I not. Don't recall, like maybe we'll find out when we get. He to probably doesn't either because he was probably so strung out. Him. But no, he he definitely doesn't matter. He doesn't remember. Um, now but... he's just on a farm with his alpacas and he's happy. So roll rolling around millions <laughs> of dollars. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we're never gonna get through this. It kind of pans out, and you see a makeupless Krusty. So you get a makeupless clown. It's sad. It's sad looking. <laughs> so anyway, we see a makeupless Krusty, and he's entering the steps of City Hall, and Homer's there, and Bart and Lisa are like, he looks so sad, and mm-hmm. and Bart's like, and his feet are so small, and he says like, say it ain't so, Krusty, and Krusty goes, I didn't do it, and everybody laughs because I didn't do it is one of Krusty's catchphrases. Right, which, Bart takes which is later. also Bart's. Yeah, I didn't yeah, do it. Bart, Bart. Well, Bart, Bart. I sound like Le- baby Lisa now. <laughs> Bart, 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 Bart. Bart, <laughs> Bart reappropriates it for himself because he uses "I didn't do it" in his in his own you know everyday language. But then he gets famous off of saying it. Exactly. Of later on, do the Bart man. Do 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 do. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I'm getting tired, so I'm going to start getting stupid. <laughs> The say that's the that's that's good. That provides content for our <laughs> quality Bart's content. Quality, high quality content. I, not high quality, just quality. So just, okay, that's fair. The say it ain't so crusty is uh, clearly a reference to say it ain't so Joe of the Black Sox fame, which I don't want to get into the whole history of the Black Sox. Yeah, don't do that. Probably. Probably, because we'll probably do that in a future episode, but it's a reference to Sholas Joe Joe Jackson being accused of rigging the World Series and the kid asking him, say it ain't so, Joe, and and so that's what that's from. Gotcha. So in the courtroom... Krusty the Clown, how do you plead? I plead guilty, Your Honor. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I'm not guilty. Opening night jitters, Your Honor. Krusty is asked if he pleads guilty or not guilty, and he says, I plead guilty, Your Honor. And he goes, oh, wait, oh, wait. Because, like, the, the whole, he doesn't understand why, like, everybody goes crazy about that. And he goes, oh, wait, no, no. I plead not guilty, Your Honor. Sorry, opening night jitters, Your Honor. Like, <laughs> right. Um, he's, he's just nervous. Homer takes the stand against Bart's wishes. And... He tells Bart, Homer is told, asked by Bart, like, not to do this, but Homer says, I need to do this, and one day you'll understand. So, like, again, he's like, again, It's a very I mean, moral like, thing. It's, it's a very noble thing of, like, I know you don't want me to do this, yeah. but you need to do what's right, and this is right. It's a very To Kill a Mockingbird moment. Ooh, it's it kind of is. It's very Finchy of Homer. Hmm. Homer, the true greatest hero in, in fiction. <laughs> a- absolutely. Absolutely. I'll go on record as saying that. Atticus AFI. Finch who? <laughs> horrible line. What's wrong with me? Can't do this. <laughs> it's happening, Kevin. I'm running, I'm running low here. This lawyer that is for the prosecution is clearly based on Clarence Darrow from Inherit the Wind. We'll do as part of our classic shelf life series. Oh, I like I, I like that idea. Yeah, classic shelf um, life. He's got that. He's got just got the look of Clarence Darrow. I don't know if he has the look of real life Clarence Darrow or if the fake Clarence Darrow from Inherit the Wind, but the same idea. Right. And he asks Homer, who they show this. They show the footage of Homer diving into the chips, and they're like, "Sir, is that you diving cowardly into that?" that uh, display of chips and he has to tell him that it is homer then says like can you point out the perpetrator in court and homer kind of reluctantly does it because he kind of looks at he looks at bart first and he's like he has to do it so he points to crusty right and you get this like 
moan from Krusty. It's one of my favorite moans of oh, Krusty, where he's like, ah! He, he's, he's, like, upset about it. Would you point him out to us? Okay. Let the record show that the witness eventually pointed to Krusty the Clown. Back at the Simpson house, Homer is putting everything Krusty-related into a box to go to the public burning. And they even say on the commentary that they wanted the Simpsons to live in Springfield in a world where the Springfielders give into mob mentality so easily. Right. And we saw it in the Telltale Head. And we see it again here, where they just yes. give in to mob mentality right away. And almost um, like small town type of vibes, yes. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't as bad in 1990, but I think mob mentality has always been a thing. I think social media has made it worse. Mob mentality I, is... I think so. It's such a thing now. Granted, some things deserve to be ridiculed. Yes. But there's some things where it's like, okay, we, where, where I guess like the whole point is like, okay, where's the line and stuff like that. There are stuff like where it, it is, where, where there, there should be a line of what's justice sure. versus what's my mentality. Right. So anyway. Yeah, there should be kind of like something, but it, it's hard to describe when it's pretty much an unwritten thing. Right. But I do I do like the mob mentality, the jokes about mob mentality. And Bart even says it, Dad, you're giving in to mob mentality. Homer responds, no, I'm not. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar ideas there. So Marge says the line, who would have thought that a criminal mastermind would have made such cute toys? <laughs> Which I wish was a reference to something. I wish there was like an evil toy maker reference. Uh, that'd be great. But I don't know of one. At least there's nothing that I could like find that would have made sense. Other than the um, Burgermeister, I guess. No, that's the Burgermeister didn't like toys. Never mind. No, he hated um, toys. Yeah, that was, he got that rid was of whole, them. That was the whole crux of that show. Um, Until someone gave him a toy, and then he got a little happier about that. Yeah, he put one foot in front of the other. That's a uh, different one. No, that is the same one. It's oh my god. I've never been a big fan of the claymation ones. Well, I mean, like, they're fine, but then you get to the Rudolph, and he makes that damn noise with the stupid nose, and I hate it. I hate the noise, though. Ooh, I hate it. Oh, that noise is the worst. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go on. The bonfire. Uh, And we get Reverend Lovejoy saying, like, now be careful, because these are children's toys. So they are ex- <laughs> extremely they're, flammable. They're, they're extremely flammable. Stand back and try not to inhale the toxic fumes. And you get this crowd that's all like ooing and eyeing over right. the, the flames. Because it just went up like quick. So then Krusty takes the stand. So he's taking the stand in his own defense. Which I guess he just figures he's going to be like, I wasn't there. But the problem is he was just at home. And we find out because they're asking him to look at exhibit B. And he hesitates and he hesitates and he, he's like, I don't. And they're like, what's the matter? Can't you read? And he says, I can't. I'm illiterate. I've never learned how to read or write. <laughs> and isn't the irony of this, like they, they even say it in the show, is that he advocates for children literacy. That's right. He's a champion of children's literature and he does He can't read or write. So he says, uh, well, this is exhibit B because it has a big B on it. <laughs> and it's betting slips and he says is it a crime to be well at first he says is it a, is it a crime to be illiterate and then right. and then he says well is it a crime to bet on sports and he and they're like yes and he's like oh so, <laughs> i think what they're getting getting with here is that the prosecution is trying to establish that his motive because you're crusty the clown you're like a famous celebrity mm-hmm. why were you robbing the the quickie mart right and and it's like i think it's that he was in gambling debt is the idea so he grabbed the quickie mart to try to like just make a quick buck figuring it's not like that big of a crime or he can maybe he can get away with it and he'll just pay back the gambling debt with the money he stole from the quickie mart i mm-hmm. guess so it comes back and they find him guilty his lawyer admits that this happens every time it's not lionel hutz yet but it is apparently a bad lawyer right 
So now we get the new Sideshow Bob show. He takes over from Krusty. Oh, Lisa and Maggie are watching Sideshow Bob. And he promises that the show is going to be more educational. Itchy and Scratchy will still be on the show. We, we get to hear Kelsey Grammer make his debut. And Kelsey Grammer does have a really good voice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because you get to find out, like, this character is very intellectual. Mm -hmm. And he's very, well, you know. He's an actor. Yes. As well. You yes, know, very theatrical. Yes. Definitely. Not unlike Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest. Could see him doing oh, yes. the same thing. Beautiful. Character. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I love that. Add that to the list. I love that there that Bart walks in and he's like, what the hell are you watching? He's like so offended <laughs> that Lisa and Maggie have kind of like turned their back on. Krusty. Krusty. But Lisa's like, well, he He's a criminal mastermind. He's a criminal. Why would I not turn my back on him? Right. Which makes sense. Once you find out someone's an ass, like, why would you stick around? You're not going to stick around. But Bart has that never-ending faith that his hero is really his hero. So right. he tells Lisa he thinks Krusty's innocent, and he tries to convince her to help him to prove his innocence. She makes him admit that he needs her help because she's smarter than him. <laughs> and this is again like that building up of lisa being super smart right i did like did you did you notice all three of them put their hands in so maggie put yes. her hand in too yeah like maggie's wants to be a part of it too yeah absolutely it's very cute <laughs> so bart and lisa go to the cookie mart to try to try to investigate and apu is super paranoid at this point and he's like I'm armed to the teeth. I can see everything that you're doing. <laughs> I'd like to think, because in future episodes, what we see of Apu is that he is always like, he's like a gun nut. And he's always oh, like yeah. guns and he's always ready for robberies. He's very like confident that, and ready. I like to think that this was like the first robbery. That started it all? Yeah. So like he just, he becomes. Well, like he we even says, him. like he goes, I know the routine because I have the convenience the store. Yeah. But like maybe this is like, okay, but maybe I should make myself more armed and ready to go if this happens again, you know. Or, or he was taught it. And, and so now he's like, let's not, like, I screw this, like I'm gonna... franchise owner, he was taught the procedure. Right. But now that he went through it, now he, like, takes it super serious. He's like, no, you know what, screw this, I'm gonna protect myself and my franchise. The quickie mart. They kind of walk around, and they realize, like, well, the microwave says no pacemakers on it. Mm-hmm. But in the surveillance footage, the robber was heating up a burrito, and then they're like, hey, and that convenience footage the robber was reading a magazine right and he's illiterate crusty can't read and, I, and apu apu shouts something here that has been used in other simpsons things i think it might have been used in your virtual springfield or Simpsons oh, hit and run absolutely and it's apu saying this is not a lending library get out of here i'll blow your heads off that's i love it used. Oh, that's like one of beautiful. the i feel like that's one of apu's like Famous most lines? yeah that's one of his probably most famous quotes i did i do like when bar is like okay the guy can't read can we like catch the guy a break like he right just, he doesn't want to keep hounding getting... him about that yeah exactly lisa kind of starts putting it together like maybe he was framed so then he's like does crusty have any enemies mm -hmm. and bart realizes like well he doesn't know but maybe Sideshow Bob knows because Sideshow Bob is Krusty's best friend. So maybe he knows if Krusty had any enemies. Right. So they realize, like, maybe they have to go talk with Sideshow Bob. So in the meantime, we get a clip of Sideshow Bob doing his show. And he's reading Man in the Iron Mask. Which has just become like Frasier doing a late night TV show type thing. Just yeah, late. I, mean, what, I was going to say, maybe one day uh, Shelf Life will, will literally read you the books on our shelf. Oh, like Sancho Bob does here in in a like a very Shakespearean brogue. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would guess Kelsey Grammer has done audiobooks. Oh, I hope so. Think? I would love to just listen to him talk. I like audiobooks, so if he did one, I would listen to it. You, you are in luck because you can read the Cat in the Hat narrated oh. by Kelsey Grammer. Eh, no, Doctor Seuss. 
And not because he's canceled now. Just because I never liked Dr. Seuss. <laughs> because I never liked Dr. Seuss. <laughs> uh. Julius Caesar. He is one of the voices in a Julius Caesar audiobook. Interesting. Uh, right, you know, the Shakespeare Julius Brute? Caesar. Ah, I wonder what he plays in that. Do you think he does only one line or do you think he does the whole damn thing? I bet he's Brutus. No, I, no, it's like a whole cast of characters. A2 Brute? I think he's Caesar. So, uh, <laughs> this is, I'm just looking at this on Audible. It's narrated by Richard Dreyfus, Joe Beth Williams, and Kelsey Grammer. Interesting. I kind of want to know what that one is. But anyway. Then he's got um, J. Edgar and the Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, so he's he's uh, he's in some audiobooks. But Stupid he's reading it on Man in the Iron Mask. I love the way that he's reading it, too, because he's, like, doing it so vigorously. And the kids love it. So... I think it's hilarious because it's a sh- it's a TV show and it's just a bunch of kids watching a man read a book. Yes, like that's all that's happening here. It's kind and of then, um, it's almost a uh, Mister Rogers ish. It is kind of Mister Rogers ish. If you go back and look at any clips of Mister Rogers, it's the most slow moving oh, thing yeah. ever. But yeah, that's true. Well, and the whole idea here too is like Sideshow Bob is a way better. He wants to make the kids intellectual instead of just doing stupid jokes for laughs. Right. He's actually a better source of entertainment for kids. Right. Which is which is just kind of, you know, I guess the crux or the catch twenty two. That's the um, joke. So Sasha Bob even ends the show singing a Colt Porter song every time we Oh say yeah, goodbye. that's a little too much. <laughs> you thought that yeah, was too much? I did. I don't know why. It just felt like okay, calm down. Just because you're, like, the center of attention now. <laughs> I, I, I like that he has a signature, signature, signature sign-off. Song. Yeah. So he goes to the backstage, and everyone's like, great show. He's signing autographs, and he's, like, walking back. And, and they're like, uh, and, and he says something about, like, oh, yes, and I'll never, you know, I'll never forget Krusty. And he starts crying. And as he walks into his dressing room, the door closes, and we get, we get a pretty sweet oh. animation that, like, changes to, like, this you know shades of dark and you get like this shadowy figure and you get the first sideshow bob maniacal laugh which becomes part of kelsey Grammer's staple of the character oh it's beautiful revealed here that sideshow bob has framed crusty the clown i can't do it i sounded more like that dracula for weird. a second <laughs> well, i was i was veering straight into dracula <laughs> So, so uh, at the at the in the third act starts with with sideshow Bob's face because now he's taken over for Krusty, mm-hmm. and at, at we it, it's just they're at the television studio and sideshow Bob's meeting with like the producers of the show, and they're talking about different merchandise that they could sell with sideshow Bob's face on it, and sideshow Bob basically says he wants to make more high upscale stuff. Right. Like, I'm trying to think of what upscale stuff a kid's entertainer, because he's not a clown, but what, what like, upscale stuff is he going to have? That's a good question. I have no idea. I mean, I would imagine it's all, like, the normal stuff, but maybe it's just better materials, you, made better. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, okay, robes? Like, yeah, like, like, what? He's going to have, he's going to have the toys. Like, I'm sure that there'll be a pole string sideshow bob. Right. And some of that. But, like, I feel like you're also going to get, like, is it going to be, like, a, a leather book cover? Ooh, with, like, a leather Bob's book cover. Like, it? a stamped into the, ooh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's or, a good point. Because uh, I think upscale, I'm thinking, like, it's not going to be, like, a wine glass. You're not going to get a wine glass from a children's entertainer. <sighs> I, Maybe I it's, like, know. an art kit. Like, anything that could help them, mm. like, better their their mind i feel like sideshow bob would want to do instead of just mm. smashing his face onto everything like crusty yeah. does yeah yeah but oh uh, these are all fine i heartily endorse this evador product right yeah, he, he's, gonna be, he's gonna be more selective right and he's sitting in his chair with a robe on no shoes so he's got his uh, big feet on the table Right. And Bart and Lisa and Maggie walk are there and I guess Sideshow Bob just has looser rules because he's trying to connect to the kids. 
So he just lets them into the backstage. So Sideshow Bob's tells the producers like, oh, we'll talk about this next time. I, I take great pleasure in being able to sign my name, which I guess is a shot at Krusty. Because like Krusty was a little. Oh, so I wonder. I think that was the, the I joke. think he is taking a shot at Krusty saying mm -hmm. that. Okay. What a jackass. He doesn't, I mean, he was. It's just very he rude. Was, he was clearly, you know. Yeah, he was abused. Krusty. You're right. You're right. But still, you're taking a shot at a man's literacy. It's just mean. The guy can't read, okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they tell him, like, they need to talk to him. But he says, like, oh, there's no time. He gives them some tickets to go watch the show. And, like, we'll talk. I'll talk to you later. They are sitting in the in the audience. And Sideshow Bob has taken over Krusty's catchphrase. He says, mm -hmm. who do you love? Sideshow Bob. Right. How much do you love me with all our hearts? But he doesn't. He leaves out the last bit. Right. And he notices in the stands that Bart didn't sing along. And he realizes that Bart is visibly sad. So he decides to, he's got a, his, his hubris <laughs> having to win Bart over. Yes. Is what costs him. Yes, it does. Because if he wouldn't have brought Bart on stage, Bart wouldn't have put all this together. And exactly. Lisa probably would have given up on trying to figure it out. Right. So they probably would have, he probably would have gotten away with it. But he sees that Bart is sad. He goes and he invites him to come on stage. And Bart even says, like, I, I, I really don't want to come on stage. Like, mm -hmm. I'm okay. And he says, like, no, 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 come on stage. It's a new pre-adolescent uh, <laughs> bit to talk about different things going on with preteens called choices. And I like that they already had a set built. Choices. Like, he already had this idea. Right. Oh, yeah. It was already in motion. He was waiting for his first child to do this with, apparently. Uh, oh, I do like um, Sideshow Bob's like, do the kids not accept you? Ed Bart's like, they don't, but that's not what's bothering me. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> Bart's very self-aware of just like, yeah, but that's, I don't care about that. That's, that's I, here, but really neither here nor there. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, well, no, what's really bothering me is my sisters and I have been done some investigating and we think that Krusty might have been framed. And Sideshow Bob kind of darts his eyes around like, oh, frame. And Bart's like, well, he had the pacemaker. Right. And Bob says, well, yeah, but Krusty doesn't always listen to doctor's orders. Like, it's, it's Krusty. Right. And Bart's like, yeah, I suppose that's true. He's like, but he was reading a magazine and he can't read. And Bob points out that. He could have enjoyed the Springfield Review of Books because there's funny pictures in it and stuff right. like that. And he uses specific people, and it's people that, of course, Sideshow Bob would know. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who it was. It was like Gore Vidal and somebody else. Very highfalutin intellectual minds. And Bart's sure. like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Poor Bart. And then he goes like, look, I understand that people can be upset about how he made us laugh and cry. And Bart goes and shot you out of a cannon. And you get uh, the the really good like. Do you want to try doing it, Rachel? Is it is it the? Yeah, is it that <laughs> that's one? What I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that tone of voice. He doesn't do it, but it's that tone of voice where he goes like, "And shot me out of a cannon." Yes, we'll never forget that, will we? But he goes on to say like, "I admit I have some pretty big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill." Big and shoes it, to fill. Mm -hmm. Big shoes to fill. And it does that. And Bart puts it all together. And he grabs a mallet because it's a clown show. So there's a mallet sitting around. And he's... And, well, well, at first he says, you did it. Bob's like, me. And then Bart grabs the mallet, smashes Bob's clown shoe. Yep. At the tip. And Bob goes, ow, you lousy, stupid, clumsy. Yep. And it's exactly what... Krusty slash Sideshow Bob says in the Quickie Mart. And Bart says, like, it couldn't have been Krusty because Krusty has small feet, like all good-hearted people. <laughs> implying that everyone with big feet is a bad person, which is which true. Is, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> which is true. It's just weird. Bart, children, this whole sordid affair has been a shock to all of us, but we must get on with our lives. Let's try to remember Krusty not as a hardened criminal, but as that lovable jester who honked his horn and putted around in his little car. And shot you out of a cannon. And shot me out of a cannon. Yes, we will never forget that, will we?
Bart, open your heart. I admit I have some mighty big shoes to fill. Big but if you shoes give me to fill. Big shoes 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 to fill. In ancient Greece, there was a school of thought called Stoicism. Wait a minute. You did it. <gasps> Excuse me. Attention, fellow children! Krusty didn't rob that store. Sideshow Bob framed him, and I got proof. Fuck you, lousy, stupid, clumsy. <gasps> See that? Krusty wore big floppy shoes, but he's got little feet like all good-hearted people. Sideshow Bob really fills his shoes with skin. And it's it's even weirder because like his mom has big feet, as has been established. Oh, this is true. This is very yeah. true. Maybe it's one of those things where not all people with big feet are bad, but all bad people have big feet. Oh, I'm oh I'm curious now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that one up. Let's do some scientific uh, study on that. Uh, we get a we get a we get a, our first hint at the incompetence of the Springfield police here when they're watching the show mm-hmm. at the police station and they're like, "Huh, he's right. How do we miss that?" <laughs> <laughs> and Chief Wickham is like, get over that studio. Right. They go and they arrest Sideshow Bob, who admits that he did it because he was sick of playing the buffoon. And again, a really good job by Sideshow Bob. Oh yeah, this is a, it's a good line. Yeah. Kelsey Graber. He does the he does the he basically says that he framed Krusty because he was sick of being on the receiving end. He lost so much of the show's profit by gambling and other vulgar appetites. Yes. Um, and he was being wasted on the show. So if he was gone, he could make a more educational show. And it's true. And it's almost like if he w- needed to be given the chance to make a more educational show. Exactly. But even if he got that show, no one would have watched it. He needed Krusty gone. Right. He needed Krusty out of the picture in order to make his look better. Right. Because um, would you wa- rather watch somebody being shot out of a cannon or listen to him read a book? Um, the cannon. I mean, I, I, I... <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean. People, well, I'd rather people, for the book, the, but that's, that's besides the, our the friends, point. Our, our friends and listeners have been listening to us pratter on for at least 12 hours now. That's, that's because we're going to shoot Kevin out of a cannon. Right, kids? No. <laughs> Yeah, stay tuned to the end of the season, and Rachel will shoot me out of a cannon. We're doing it now, Kevin. Shut you me promised out of a it. <laughs> so, Sideshow Bob, while he's being carted off the jail, there's a great piece of animation where his eyes get really dilated, and he's like sitting in the back of the paddy wagon. He looks really weird. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and he does the Scooby Doo line. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids. Mm hmm. And he even says, like, treat kids as equals. They were smart <laughs> enough to get me. Yep. Like, he, he's still saying his theme. Right. But Krusty comes out of the courthouse with squeaky shoes because, again, first season has that foley work where you hear people stepping. And so Krusty's back in his getup and you hear him walking down the stairhouse. Mm-hmm. And, he, and Chief Wiggum apologizes to him for that misunderstanding. <laughs> uh, it won't happen again. Homer apologizes to him because he he, he even kind of tells him like I I thought I was doing the right I thing. Really, yeah, he just literally didn't know it was in, wasn't crusty. There's a prison joke here because the old cliche of prison rape oh, um, God. is a bit of a joke here. And they say in the commentary that it was worse, but they made it they cleaned it up. Wow. So I, I don't know what it could have been. Well, because in the, in this version, they just kind of imply it. Like, Homer just says, like, I hope that just the stories that I've heard of prison mm. are greatly exaggerated. Like, that's all he says. So, like, okay. maybe they were more blunt about it. At least that's the way I interpret the joke. And because and the way that the commentary team talks about it in the track, that's clearly what they were going for. Sure. But Krusty forgives everyone and, and says, like, if it weren't for this boy for standing up for me, and he'll never forget it. And that actually turns into a joke. Yes. Because of the fact that he always forgets what Bart did. For exactly. Him. Bart always is like yelling to him, Well, I'm the one who got you out of jail. And <laughs> what, what did you do for me lately? <laughs> and I'll never forget it. <laughs> and at the end, the, the closing scene is Bart is going to sleep mm-hmm. and he's taking up a photo of himself and Krusty on the wall. Yes. 
and his room has it's all full of, of all the crusty stuff. I assume that Krusty gave him all of it because they well, they burned it. So like as well, a thank you, he like yeah. gave him everything. That's true. They did burn it, didn't they? Because I was like trying to think. Oh, I'm like maybe Homer stashed it away or something. But no, they did take it to the burning. So <laughs> it makes sense because like it makes sense for Krusty to have, to have given him. Everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, like as a just a thank you. Right. Even if it's just even if it was just Mrs. Uh, Pennyworth or whatever her name is, which we'll learn later. But his assistant or somebody doing it. Oh yeah. Behind, you know, for him seems like a thing, but a sweet little ending because. Bart gets his hero back at the end of the day. Bart was right. Yep. The faith of the 10-year-old boy, he was good enough to see, to believe in the goodness of one person and investigate further. A lesson for us all. So, Rachel. Beautiful. What did you think about Krusty Gets Busted? Oh, I like this one. That's really all I have to say. Because, I mean, there's good parts to it. It's funny. It's clever. I really like the acting. Sideshow Bob is great. I like a good mystery. So I think I think they did a good job of, like, hinting at the three points that gets Krusty out of jail and everything. I like it. I think they did a good job. This is apparently cited as Matt Groening's ninth favorite episode. Wow. Uh, that's really well, high well, up there, life, considering. Life in the Fast Lane was number two, <laughs> apparently. So, oh. um... Mm. <laughs> Well, but, uh, <laughs> I will say, spoiler alert for my rankings at the end. One, this this episode has shelf life. Mm-hmm. It does. Individually, this episode has shelf life, even without the rest of the season. Even if you don't want to go back and you want you don't want to watch all of season one, we'll talk about if there's other episodes that deserve it. But this one for sure deserves. Oh yeah, it to definitely. Me. It is the best animated. It is the best script mm-hmm. for me. If we were when we get to our rankings, this my spoiler alert. This is number one. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite episode of the season. I think it's the most solid. It's the funniest. It's the best structured. It's just tight up. It's tight. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. Sorry, I couldn't um, help myself. I don't know if I would rank it ninth all time for me, but it is definitely the best of season one. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, so that means we've only got one episode left. Thank God. Then Kevin will let me out of this room. Wait, no, I have all the editing to do. You aren't allowed out of the room until we're done. No! Um, We've got one episode left, and it is a notorious episode. It is Some Enchanted Evening. So when we come back, we will finalize season one of The Simpsons.